Welcome to another edition of In the Works at Career Services. And my name is David Catterford, and I I guess I, I was sort of the co-host within the works for season one. We're calling this season two because Lawrence Chan was my amazing um, co-host and he's he's left his position and um, I don't like to use the word replace because we have a, a new person. His name is Labib and he is um, going to be doing more of the tech and, and the hosting of uh, In the Works. And uh, welcome, Labib. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to come into this role. Okay, so let, let let's hear about you, Labib. Like, what's what would what, what's your career story up to this point? Yeah, for now, I'm doing a co-op term with Career Services. It was going to be an eight month uh, co-op term. It's gonna it was it started in September 2021. It was going to go till April uh, 2022. Um, I'm in my second term. Yeah, second term now, obviously. Um, and yeah, it's been such an awesome experience. My story, my I started back after high school. I went to state. I did my journalism diploma uh, in print media there. Um, and then I did my two plus two and I transferred to University of Calgary to do a bachelor's of media and communications at U Calgary here. Um, I was in my third year when I got this role. So I'm taking a year off to do this and then I'll go back to finish my final year. Um, Yes, I'm really liking the co-op experience. Everyone was telling me, you know what, like it's really good to take some time from your studies to set apart some time to work to get experience while you're studying. So when you're out of university, you know, you're not going in empty handed into the field that you have no experience in. So such a great experience for now. Um, good news for me, though, I got an extension for the summer. So I'm staying with career services longer, um, which is really great. But yeah, that's my story. Um, yeah. Okay, awesome. And also with us um, today is is Harrison, and and Harrison is is again. I don't like the word replacing, but um, Lawrence has moved to yeah. the he's moved to the micro placements, explore careers, and he's helping students find micro placements. And Harrison has jumped in to to help me uh, with the undergrad students and help with e reviews and help with resumes and facilitating some workshops so let's hear from harrison harrison how are you hey guys uh my name is harrison and yeah thanks for having me libby ben david uh it's a it's a pleasure to be on the podcast and wow like harrison libby you've got better voices than i do it's no good it's no good so harrison i've known you for a while now you tell us your career story up to this point yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, just like you said, uh, you and me go way back, probably till uh, 2010, uh, when I was still a student here. I started volunteering for career services as one of the peer advisors, so just helping uh, fellow students uh, with uh, looking over their resumes. And I guess that's where the bug bit me. Uh, I found that I enjoyed doing that work sort of thing, uh, but I still didn't know what to do uh, out of university. Uh, so a lot of soul searching, I guess, after that. Uh, but I got lucky and, and started working with admissions sort of thing. So I, that was my first job outside of uni. Uh, and then after that, I was just bouncing back and forth between uh, student advising and, and career advising, uh, working for nonprofits, working for the city, uh, working for other post-secondaries like SATE. Uh, and here I am back at university where I started. Uh, so that's pretty much where I am right now. Okay. And you, it's that's really what today's t show is all about is 
kind of finding your 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 career direction and let's let me ask you this like Harrison did you when did you know you were happy in the work you were doing or did you know it was it a feeling was it when did I know when I was happy eh yeah hmm that took a bit actually uh that took uh, a lot of um trial and error for the most part uh I found that with student advising sort of thing there's a lot of rules and regulations uh that you have to abide to uh sort of thing um and then I found myself most happiest when I was doing career advising type roles sort of thing so one of my previous roles with the youth employment center uh and I really enjoyed that part of it um and after that where did I go I went to Japan for a bit too uh to to teach a bit came back uh for uh work at the drop in center and then after that uh worked back at the UC sort of thing so when when I was doing enrollment services stuff uh sort of thing uh sort of semi quasi uh student advising stuff that's when it hit me it's like wait a second I think I'm most happy as in a career advising environment sort of thing Okay and that's what we want students to do is is to try stuff practice stuff until they realize that hey I'm good at this I like this I, I call that the aha career moment and sometimes you with me it, it it got there very soon when I became a career development professional and and for others it you know it never comes really so I think it's it's the it's the search to the dream job that's what career development and that's what it's all about in my opinion and i also think that if you don't know what you want to do with your career that's okay and let's talk about that further yeah uh just quick follow up question on your career experience as well yeah how do you help a student that has no clue what they want to do in life when when a new student comes in and they're just lost right completely don't know what to do how can you help them? Well, we can't really. I mean, they're doomed. No, of course we can help them. It's you 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 start with I mean, career development is is not rocket science. It's life, right? So, to me, I I think you you start with well, what are you interested in? And many times the student doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm interested in. Well, then we do interest inventories to help the student. We'll brainstorm. Um, that's, I, I think how you start is based on the interest, but you can also find out from the student, what motivates them? What do they want to do? Um, what are some other techniques? I mean, Harrison, you have lots of experience with that too, right? A bit here and there sort of thing. I say for the most part, when I'm talking to clients, when I'm talking to students sort of thing. Uh, they already have a trajectory set in their minds sort of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I will come across them. Uh, what do I do with those guys? Pretty much just what you said sort of thing. I think uh, interest is a, is a strong, you know, driver for what, uh, what someone might want to do with their life going forward. Um, I think for the most part with students, they're not as... They're not as rigid in their thinking as some of my previous clients were, you know, uh, some of them ha have have uh, economic situations uh, sort of thing, uh, money situations where they can't sort of leave their current roles and pursue their 
their passions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you, you sometimes have to take into that account as well uh, for some people. But um, yeah, interest is a strong uh, driver. Just asking them, you know, hey, are you liking your major right now? Uh, is is a big one too. And it's like, hey, what do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? Uh, what have you, what have you, like, who have you talked to sort of thing? Like, find out what sort of homework that they've done so far, uh, I think is also another way that, uh, that I help sort of drive that conversation. Absolutely. Is there a specific reason that students are lost in their career path when they come to you? Is like, is there a lack of motivation? Is there a lack of ideas that they need? I know. I, I, I think, well, this is my opinion, but I, I think what happens is students kind of talk themselves into a career in high school and they're, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer or something, or I'm going to be a doctor. And, and, and they, they, they just kind of then go tunnel vision and they go to school and they, they take biology or, and they want to go to medicine and they're just kind of blinded to all the other options. And then what happens is after a year or maybe they fail a course or they take a course that they don't like, then they, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I'm in the right place. And then they come and see me. So I think we see a lot of students that are, they, they, they're no longer fantasizing about careers. They're re like reality. And they're like, I, you know what? I don't think I like what I'm taking. And we, we can kind of go from there. But I think that's, I don't know. What's, what's your take on that, Harrison? I think some of it is a bit cultural too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, coming from an Asian, South Asian, Southeast Asian background, uh, you and me, we have yeah. uh, pressures from our family uh, to, to uphold some sort of, I don't know, the, the doctor, the lawyer, the engineer, uh, the engineer combo, right? Uh, so when when we're pushed into that sort of thing, um, we have these expectations and we try to drive towards it. But um, when we get there, uh, we realize, you know, either A, we don't like it, B, it's too hard sort of thing. Uh, C, like, is it worth it uh, is another thing. Uh, so a lot of people lose that motivation and that's why they become lost sort of thing because they've been... Uh, I guess, indoctrinated into that idea, I must uh, support my family uh, and I must make sure that they're happy with me sort of thing. So uh, that's one of the reasons where I, I can see where some uh, students uh, might be lost sort of thing. And this isn't just from a an Asian uh, sort of background. I'm sure there's many pressures uh, from all sorts of cultures as well sort of thing. Uh, another bit is, I don't know, man, like going through high school, you don't really think about that stuff. You're just well, I can only talk about from my experiences, right? Uh, so, um, you know, you're just trying to get through day by day sort of thing. And then on your off times, you're just trying to hang out with friends uh, sort of thing. Uh, so it isn't until, I guess, university where it sort of hits you. It's like, oh, crap, I've, I've got I've to think about my future now sort of thing, right? Because if I don't, then I'm throwing money at a degree that I'm not that interested in. I'm throwing money at classes at money, uh, sorry, at classes that I'm not that interested in either. So yeah, there's there's a lot on the line once we get here. Yeah, I can somewhat agree with that statement because mm -hmm. personal experience, I didn't know what I was going to do um, up until grade 12, like the later end of grade 12. I was like, oh, university is next. What should I do? You know, I was looking into the usual suspect, like lawyer business, what family want you to do, but... I guess for me, um, I'm in media now, media and communications. I really wasn't interested in business or math. Like I just hated it. So 
I wanted something more creative, like a creative outlet. So I guess this allowed me to do that. Like I've never in my life thought I would be doing a podcast sitting here right now and I'm here. So uh, yeah, just my opinion. Uh, following up on those keeping your doors open, should, should uh, say if someone's already in a program, should you, should the student keep their mind open to switching over to another program or should, would your advice be to just, you know, go through with it, hammer it out and stick with it or keep your mind open? You know, maybe if you're not liking this, switch it right away or take some time, do some, you know, more research, see what you like. So yeah, what, what do you think about that? Want me to lead with this one? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. okay, sure thing. Uh, I actually just had uh, a student uh, have a similar situation sort of thing, right? Uh, so um, they can see what's going on in the world right now uh, on the tech side of things. Uh, so uh, they're about to make the switch uh, from either a linguistics with a comp sci minor or a comp sci major uh, with a linguistics minor sort of thing. The reason for the linguistics bit, uh, as she was explained to me, was that uh, with the advances of AI sort of thing, uh, they need sort of that linguistics background to sort of build uh, the foundation of that AI. Uh, but without sort of that comp sci sort of background, you can't really build anything sort of thing, right? Uh, so she was sort of grappling with that. Um, and the, the one thing that I can tell people that are trying to make that decision is research. Do as much research as you can about yourself and about the industries that you're thinking of going into. Uh, so what that means is talking to people with that industry, going up on the internet and saying, uh, okay, so if this job needs X, Y, Z sort of thing, how do I get there? Uh, and how do I get that certification? How do I get that training sort of thing? So that's all I can say, know yourself and then know how to get there. Absolutely. And I think that's a very individual question, depending on how far the student is. And I, I think it really depends on, on the situation. But if it's if the student's early enough in their degree, then I think a switch is probably warranted. However, I'm not paying the bills, right? Like it's so I, I think it, it's really up up to this up to the student. And uh, I also do think that if you do can see the end of your degree, then why not finish it and then just take something after that'll be a little more closer to your career direction? Um, so I, I think it, it really depends on where the student is at. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you found that after you, have, you had an appointment with a student that it really helped them uh, in their career path and their career development? Like after they left and has someone come back, you know, oh, thanks, David, you know, you helped me with this and now I'm here and I've succeeded. So have you had those stories? Oh my, all of them. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's what I take my pride in, right? Is, is I, I just kind of help students let them know about careers and, and to try stuff. And, and I always tell students that your career doesn't have a start date, right? It's not, oh, you should know what you want to do by the age of 21. That's silly. That's ridiculous. I think it's more, kind of know your life and trying to have it figured out by the time you're 30, <laughs> I think is, is more realistic. I think careers happen to you many times. You don't get to pick your career. So I, yeah. And then I follow up and we, what happens too is I'll help a student and then the student gets the job and then off they go. And then they end up disliking the job after a couple of years and wanting to switch because careers don't last forever. I think if you can get three or four or five years out of a, a career, that's, that's not bad. Right. So on a little personal note, um, 
you were telling me that you were you had to jump careers to even get where you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did you get to this career yourself? Like, what kind of careers you had? Did you have to jump to get here? Well, wow, yeah. So I, I mean, with me, that's why I became a career specialist is because after university, I didn't do any of this reflection and career development work. So I was just like, oh, shoot, I got to find a job. How do I find a job? So I started looking through the newspaper and just started applying to jobs. And because I had a degree, I was marketable. I was employable. And I ended up getting jobs. And I worked nine jobs in 10 years. But none of those jobs were really suited to my talents and my values and my interests. So they weren't good job. So I was on the verge of getting fired or quitting or job jumping. And, and so um, then I, I got fired. And then I, I, I went and saw a career specialist. And he asked me, he said, David, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that. And he said, well, you better figure it out. So I went and did all my research and perhaps started talking to people. That's the best way to learn about careers is talking to people. And then I realized I'm a helper, but what can I help people with? And then I thought, well, I can help people find jobs and career development. So I started taking a career development course and I've been working in the field ever since. Would you say that keeping an eye out for other careers and other jobs um, is a good idea for, even if you're not in that field, if they're completely other, like not related jobs, is that a good idea to keep that in the back of my mind? You know, I should apply to this just in case. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see Harrison nodding, nodding, and he wants to talk. And I, yeah, I, I, I be open and positive and, and see what happens. Harrison, yeah. I think recently, um, I've been thinking about this a lot too, because uh, especially with uh, COVID-19, the pandemic sort of thing, uh, we're seeing a lot of people needing to pivot uh, to more uh, roles that, that uh, could let you work from home sort of thing, right? Uh, so I, I'm sort of looking at at my role as as a career specialist, and I'm going, okay, well, with all of these advances in tech and AI sort of thing, I'm wondering at, if at any point in time, uh, whether or not we're going to be replaced by some sort of algorithm sort of thing, right? So in my head, I'm just like, okay, so how can I protect myself for the future sort of thing? Uh, and all I see are a bunch of these uh, software development uh, programs, courses, free programs and free training, stuff like that, web development, UI, UX stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I've got a, I've got a lot to catch up on if I'm going to jump into this sort of thing. So even now, uh, 10 years uh, after, after meeting you sort of thing, even though I thought, you know, I'm, I'm set in my career path and this is what I want to do, I'm still thinking about, okay, what's my next thing that I can learn about yeah, um, I want to jump in here to advocate for co-ops and internships yeah. and like small jobs that are term-based um, because I really think those are a great way to gain experience in a short amount of time um, while, you know, getting to learn something in your own field. So I've been grateful, I've been blessed to get this opportunity to work almost a year now. Full, I'm going to be working a year at Career Services. So, you know, I think it's like the first step in my career um, and this has given me a platform to build off my career off of. So mm -hmm. um, even before this uh, this co-op uh, uh, term I had, I had I had very like little to no idea of what I actually, I know my interests, obviously, right? You, everyone knows their interests, they want to do this, but I didn't know what my end goal was. And I, 
I think, I guess that's not really important, is it? Like, do you need to know your end goal? Whoa, that's a heavy question. <laughs> I, I, well, I, that's too early in the morning to answer a question like that. I, I, no, I, I think it, it, it's a direction. I, I think it's not an end goal. Like, it's not... I think it's a direction. Like I remember years ago, I helped a student and she, I said, what, like, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I want to be prime minister of Canada. And I said, okay, I can work with that. That's possible. Let's go for it. Um, and off she went and she's going to be prime minister of Canada or maybe not. I think it's, if you have an end goal, I don't know. It's, if you don't get there, then maybe you might look at yourself as, as a, you failed and, that's not positive. So I, I don't know. What do you think about having an end goal? Mm, that's a tough one too. Um, you guys have already heard about this and a lot of uh, the people uh, listening to us have probably heard about smart goals sort of thing. Yeah. Breaking up things into something that's manageable and whatnot too. Like there's nothing wrong with having an end goal. Uh, it's just making sure that, you know, uh, every time that you meet a certain uh, hurdle uh, uh, you're, you're able to measure, uh, how far you are to that end goal sort of thing. Right. Uh, at the same time, I would also advocate, you know, micro goals, I guess, for lack of better words, mini goals. Uh, so say you want to go into something, pursue it, you know, and then uh, if you've meet, met it there or, or if you didn't sort of thing, just choose a new one sort of thing. Right. I don't, yeah. Uh, there, there's definitely two ways you can go about thinking about this. Yeah. Speaking of micro goals. Let's switch to micro careers. Uh, we'll talk to Lawrence Chan about his new job where he's working now uh, with career services. He's uh, a part of a new program called Explore Careers Micro Placements. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great program for new students. Uh, let's, let's hear from Lawrence. Okay, Lawrence. So tell me about Explore Career Micro Placements. Yeah, so with kind of the new program that we have going on here, um, it really is meant to uh, offer students a little bit of a kind of hands-on opportunity to do things. And I know students can, you know, gain experiences and do a lot of things just through, you know, community, campus, and of course, other uh, opportunities, you know, just part-time work, or, you know, if, if you're there, a third or fourth year student, they can do internship, things like that. But this program is really open to, to any student, um, you know, first, second, third year, fourth year, so on, um, and in and, and, and the and in any major. So, you know, what this microplacement is, and so it's as kind of implied in the name already, it's about 30 hours long. And uh, we have a number of opportunities that we have set up with employers and we are, and this is a continuous process. So opportunities, you know, if, if a student were to look through it today might look a little bit different, you know, one or two months later, because we are always working with employers and trying to uh, generate these different opportunities. Um, and so what these opportunities are, are, you know, it can be a wide variety of things, but usually think of it as just kind of like little projects that, that uh, employers have set up. You know, it could be a project that's helping them design a website or helping them uh, discover their customer demographics, or perhaps it's a little bit more in depth, uh, more technical, perhaps maybe, you know, an employer has a data set and they need someone to create an algorithm to sort through it, right? And so lots of variety here. Um, there is a remote option and an on-site option that we are offering students, right? So depending on your availability or, you know, where you're at, uh, you can definitely, you know, choose something that's a little bit more convenient or flexible, you know, the remote option. Or if you want to participate in something a little bit more, you know, hands-on and, and uh, in a real kind of work setting, then the on-site option is better. 
Um, so this program runs until the end of July. So if for students, if right now it's not the best time for them, they can definitely wait till the spring and summertime where hopefully um, their schedule is a little bit more free and they can do uh, this placement. Uh, but nonetheless, I encourage students to sign up for it uh, right now, just so that you can get an idea of uh, uh, what's on there, the opportunities that we have. And then, you know, if when the timing's right, uh, you can start one of these placements. Um, there's probably a lot more details that I can go into, uh, but hopefully this just provides a, a bit of a quick summary. You know, some other frequently asked questions include like, you know, um, uh, you know, will I get to choose where I'm placed? And, you know, we do have an option that for that, you know, will you get to choose when you get to start? Um, you can kind of indicate that as well. Um, but yeah, so, so some of those other things definitely encourage students to get in touch with me um, or go to our uh, website, ucalgary.ch careers and in the tab at the top of the page, there they can find the explore micro placements tab and then read a little bit more about it or just contact me, email me. You know, I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, I do also uh, recommend students to look at the Elevate calendar because that's where we will have uh, some of those information sessions set up to on a regular basis. So uh, those information sessions, they're just pretty short, half an hour. They can get a, a little bit of everything that they need to know about this program. Is this program eligible for non-UCalgary students? Yeah, it is. And that actually is a, quite a key detail. Um, this program is open to non-UCalgary students. Um, you know, that's where we've, so far we have engaged with uh, U of A students, but we are looking to expand that a bit. Um, so obviously there's a lot of other post-secondaries within Alberta. Um, you know, we, of course you get your big universities and you have your smaller colleges as well. So we're definitely gonna be reaching out uh, to, those, uh, to those groups and hopefully get some engagement from them. And what about international students? Yes, international students are more than welcome to participate in this program. I know with international students, there's sometimes it's a little bit more uh, of a process or maybe hurdles that they have to clear before they can obtain uh, certain opportunities and whatnot. But with this program, it's pretty straightforward. You know, if you're an international student, you know, there really is no extra work or steps that you need to uh, complete. You're, you're good to go. You're free to sign up and we encourage you to sign up. Okay, Lawrence, thank you so much for taking your time to come on here. Uh, talk to you later. Yeah, happy to do so. Talk to you later. One thing about micro placements that I was kind of looking at is um, we at, at Career Services, we have these degree profiles and they haven't really been updated in a few years. And I, I'm thinking about applying to get a micro placement student to help us with improving our degree profiles. I really think this microplacements is the way to go because that's the biggest barrier that university students have is they always, oh, you're smart, you're motivated, but you have no experience. So we're going to hire the person from SAIT or the person with experience. Well, the microplacements give you experience and that's awesome. And I also think all the courses and things that university students are learning now it's a lot of it is experiential learning which is experience and you can put experience into your resume so yeah yeah uh to play devil's advocate here from the student's perspective yeah uh we know it's unpaid but it's 30 hours right so mm -hmm. for a student to give that much time into something i guess they're getting experience from it but for students who are hesitant because it's unpaid what would, what would your advice be to them? So like <clears throat> micro placements, 
uh, versus, say, another volunteering gig or just a paid gig uh, or an internship sort of thing, right? So if we were to compare this uh, ish to the American system of internships sort of thing, they do a full internship for a year and they don't get paid for that sort of thing. Uh, these micro placements are in that same vein uh, in that, you know, rather than having a full year of zero uh, income sort of thing, it's about 40 hours if I'm right. Yeah. Uh, so um, these are for people with zero experience and like you could get this from volunteering sort of thing. But if you go on to, you know, the Calgary volunteer page, a lot of those volunteer roles are also asking for experience too. For these ones, uh, they're not asking for it for any experience. They, they want to give you uh, that experience, right? And that's the beauty of these micro placements. Uh, additionally, like if, if people uh, are looking for that cash sort of thing, they'll find it's also very difficult with zero experience once again to get that paid role, right? Uh, so yes, uh, you could get that experience at the co-op uh, or at the movie theater sort of thing. But how relevant is that to your degree, to your career goal? So once again, that's where the micro placements come in. Yeah, well, and thanks for listening to In the Works. Labib, any final thoughts or... Uh... Yeah, to any students listening, I would like to, I would just like to say give uh, Explore Careers Micro Placement a chance. You know, um, you're getting a lot of experience in a short amount of time, um, and it's you know I think it's something to kickstart your young career. Um, and I've been in a great position to like take part of it. Um, yeah, just hope everyone had a blast listening to this conversation. Well, thanks. See you. See you. See ya. See ya.